Well, a couple of weeks ago, Mark started us off with giving, and he didn't really talk about the money value of giving. So, as an accountant, I'm not going to either today. <laughs> um, I'm going to kind of piggyback on uh, what Mark started and kind of go over a little bit of um, section Two, the biblical giving accomplished uh, several purposes. So, if someone could uh, read Second Corinthians eight eight. Second Corinthians eight eight. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. Yeah, so God is is looking at our heart here and and not our actions. He wants a little bit more of our how and why what our true motives are when it comes to giving ourselves or our tithes offerings but the act is out of love um second corinthians eight six and seven so right above eight eight Seven. Um, but just as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, and in all earnestness, and in the love we inspire in you, see that you abound in this gracious work also. And then verses nine, or chapter nine, verse eight of Second Corinthians. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that He always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So God gives us the grace. And um, he also gives us faith and the speech and knowledge, all diligence for us. So we need to make sure that the grace that, that we are accepting from Christ here is what Paul is speaking on. And going into Philippians 4.17. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And Matthew 6.19-21. through 21. Where 
So one of those sayings is, where is your treasure? Where, where is your heart? Where do you spend your money? They, I've heard where if you look at your bank account and really look at your bank statement. Now, I know not a lot of people look at their bank statements anymore. They just see what the ATM says or see what the mobile app says. But really look at the last month. Where did you spend your money? And how was it honoring God? Just like our time. How are we spending our time? And with our time, how are we honoring God with it? And we have one more. Or we're going to go into Exodus now. And we've got a number of verses there. Exodus 22... 29 through 30, uh, chapter 13, 12 and 13, chapter 34, 19 through 20, and then verse 26 also of 34. So Exodus 22, 29 through 30. And chapter 13, 12 through 13. Chapter 34, 19 through 20, and then verse 26. the common theme of, of the verses in Exodus? Yes? Honoring, giving. The here is like in the Old Testament when they would give sacrifice to the Lord, it was the best mm-hmm. of what they had. And they yeah. had to give the best of whatever. So you had cattle or sheep, whatever it was. Okay. Give your best, um, and and then going back to what your your comment 
comment about your bank account, um, I think one of the first things that, you know, before looking at your bills, before you pay all those things, you should be thinking about God first before all those other things. Mm-hmm. So how many of you in here do a budget? Half and half. (laughs) (laughs) So when I look at a budget and we look at, you know, our wages, because you get your, your, your cash, your, your paycheck. So what does God want us to do? Honor him and the first. So you, you give to your church, your home church. And, and that is how, you know, God really wants us to do. We want to honor him. We want to, we want to give that, that first out of that check is, is for him. Now, the great debate, gross or net, that's between you and God. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you either way. But when you look at our budget, how about our time? Okay. So how many of you here, who, who does to-do list? Okay. So in our to-do list... What does God tell us to do? Hmm? Read his word. And is that first? Or? Okay. So the number one thing is to spend time with God. So that's reading, praying, meditating, and so forth, right? So that, that's how we look at it as a to-do list. But on a to-do list, what do we do? Check mark. We, we check it off, and then we go to number two, and number three, and number four. But are we, how are we spending time with God in number two, three, and four? If we checked them off in number one. So, something that I learned a number of years ago is instead of a, a to-do list, we kind of have kind of like a donut. Okay? And I'm sorry, I didn't get to the donut shop. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have brought donuts. <laughs> so, we, we have... Now, where should God be? In the center. God should be in the center. So then, we kind of map out our, our job, school, uh, spouse, kids, um, church, friends, job. Anything else? You got the idea? 
Okay. So here we have kind of like the donut, right? But God is our center. And God should be in each and every one of these parts of our lives. And when we go to our job, we should be praying as we walk in the doors. When we go to school, we should be praying as we start. When we come home, we should be praying as we come into our house to spend time with our wife and our kids because we want to have a good, we want to leave the job at work and our time with our family, with our family. Our church, we want to be here to worship, to here to learn. But we need God in everything that we do. Now, what happens when you make a donut? Well, when, when you make the donut, what, what happens to the donut? It, what is that? It grows. And it expands. So, when I first learned this, I was teaching junior high kids. And I'm like, oh man, this is a great lesson. And, you know, it really, it really, really is something to really live by. So, what I did, went to the donut shop, grabbed donuts, grabbed donut holes, and I'm giving the analogy, and I have the donut, and I have the donut hole, but the donut hole won't fit in the donut, because they both expand. So now we have a life choice. Do we cut God smaller to fit into our life? Or do we cut out our life for God to fit in? And that is the choice that we have to make. Remember when we were talking about 2 Corinthians 8.8, 8, where God knows our heart. And with that is, are we allowing God to be in every part of our life? With our heart there for him to be able to guide us throughout our day. Without God, we're just stumbling through this world. And we're just trying to get by. And it's so secular and so against God that we really need to be praying and asking God to be in every faucet of our lives because the devil is just waiting to sneak in the devil is just waiting for you to be off guard to take you off course and is he going to send you down a rabbit hole that's going to get you stuck or are you easily able to recognize what's going on and pray and get him out of there so you can Stick back with God. It's like the verse that Pastor shared this morning in First Corinthians ten thirty-one. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Yeah. And that's the key: is 
are we looking at God's glory or are we looking at our selfish gain? I uh, recently, for Christmas, Jasmine bought me a, a Charles Spurgeon book and it's called Talk to Farmers. And the first chapter was talking about a sluggard and how lazy he is and how he's not doing his responsibilities and how easy it is to go, I'm going to sleep in or just, you know, just I'll, I'll take care of it later. And just understanding of how the sluggard work and his mindset is not putting God in the center of your life. He's choosing to, for his own comfort. And by the time you get into that comfort and the time you are allowing to be comfortable, you're so far away that you really need prayer and need to get back on track. And with putting Christ and God in the center of your life, you're able to do God's will and do what he is seeking for you in your life. Because really, ultimately, when we become Christians, now we're on God's time schedule. And we're on God, God in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, it tells us to put our trust in him. And he will lead us on the straight path. Yes? I think that's one of the things that I appreciate about the Sunday school material that's been used downstairs by like Sister Deanna, in that it, it helps the kids to be able to understand the basic foundations that I think sometimes we have missed. You know, we, we've talked about this at different times in the past. Children's church in, in a lot of places is simply coloring a little picture and then spending the rest of the time eating cookies and Kool-Aid. And instead of, instead of instilling in the kids basically what you're talking about here. And so when we get out into the job, church is becoming, God has been become so disembodied that they're looking for ways to cut out parts of God so that it doesn't fit into their life anymore. Yeah. So I, I think that like when we're talking about discipleship for the men or discipleship for the women or for families, uh, making sure that, that he does fill up every part of that. So like you said, whether it's job or school or friends or, uh, you know, e- e- even even going out of a local coffee shop, we can mm-hmm. live in a way that is pleasing to God or we can live for ourselves. Well, and it's so minute is playing on our phones. You know, watching TV, you know, how much do we get sucked into it? And how much time are we messing around with it? Or going down a wrong path on those devices. I mean, technology is great. <laughs> I was reading a, a little bit about Spurgeon. He read 160 books in, in a faction of 17 years, I think it was. 160 books in 17 years. But he didn't have cell phones. <laughs> he didn't have a TV, you know. But he dedicated his time to God. And he dedicated his time to what God wanted him to do. I mean, his 
message was printed weekly and distributed for hundreds to to purchase or so they could read his his message and and he spoke in a church that fit 6000 people in i mean so 6000 people plus the people that are buying his sermon i mean that's just i mean it just baffles my mind what what he did and the mindset of the 1800s versus where we are in 2023 because where we are in 2023 we're so we want it now you know DoorDash and Instacart or um, you know it's just a, a gimme 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 instead of taking the time to spend with God and it takes time it takes that practice that that um, effort. effort, yeah, to have those devotionals with him, to pray, to, and the prayer, we need to be listening to God, not just telling him our list of stuff. It's not, yeah, like I've said in the past, it's not in our nature, it's not in our human nature There's so much more that we could put in this that, you know, it's just customize it to your life and, and what you do throughout the day and, and where you're at. That, But the point is, how's God going to fit in our life? Is he going to be in every section or are we going to exclude him out of a couple because we don't want him to see what we're doing with our friends or we... Uh, we just want him to be part of our church and our family, but we don't want him to be here or there. We want to, you know, that's our choice. But ultimately, he seeks for us to be with us throughout our whole life. And eventually, the way this should be is the donut hole should be kind of a factor of so big to where your life is, is very small because he should be so much a part of it. Um, any questions or comments on that portion? I think that if we look at the scriptures, I can't remember, Dad, you may remember where uh, it, it talks about the disciples, they said that they saw that they were unlearned men, but that they had been with Jesus. Acts, thank you. Uh, that they had been with Jesus. I think if we look at Matthew chapter, uh, first part of Matthew chapter 4, chapter 5, where it says uh, that they shall glorify God and that the world will see our good works, that can't be just because we show up on a Sunday morning. That has to be in every aspect of our life that, that if, if people see that we have been walking with Jesus, we have to walk with Him daily. Mm-hmm. 
and, and that's, you know, it's a hard thing to really look at and examine our lives, especially in an era of 2023, of how much are we going to do it devote to God because in in a society that we live in God is not number one and we need to look at it and change those tides and be that example for our family or for our neighbors where we do put God as number one yes yeah um, so I watched uh, a debate between Bill Nye the science guy and Ken Ham I saw the debate, they were on stage and all that, so I saw that part. There's also a part where Bill and I went to uh, Noah's Art Museum, and Ken Hammer, I believe, runs that. And uh, uh, pretty much how smug Bill and I was, and he's trying to tell, you know, he had a crowd around, all these young kids and everything, and, and, and he was trying to dissuade them and say this is, you know, erroneous, this is incorrect, all this stuff, and, and uh, but, but I had, there there was a, a little bit of inspiration from, you know, I felt from the kids, uh, young kids to teens and things, they were questioning Bill and I, <laughs> and I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, they were questioning him, and he didn't have any answers, not that I saw. And that's a good point. I mean, even us, we need to be questioning. We need to be asking God or our pastor or uh, people of wisdom, you know, if you don't understand something in Scripture, get seek some help, you know. What is, what is God trying to tell me here? You know, I keep coming to this verse and I, I don't know what it is or why, you know. And sometimes it's a challenge in our life that God wants us to go through, or sometimes it's really simple that you just need another point of view of of someone who understands Scripture and knows what's going on in your life. But that's where the relationship comes into play. If we don't have relationships in the church, how can we go to somebody for help? And, and that's what we need. We need to be able to have people in our lives that we could call and go, hey, can we get some coffee? I, I have this dilemma. Or can we go out to lunch? I, I need to talk to you about some stuff. And, and this is where it's important to have those relationships, as Sam talked about when he was going over the church um, portion of, the, of this uh, study. And putting God first, having relationships, it, it's only going to build your, your life, and it's only going to help you with your walk with God. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord. 
That's all God wants. Yes? I, I think, you know, when we, when we go to the gym, a person goes to the gym, if you haven't gone, you're paying for your membership, <laughs> you drive by, what do you think? Oh, i got to go. And then after a while, you, you're still paying, but you have this, this, this idea, this mindset, and you don't really want to go because you know what it's going to entail. It's going to entail change. It's going to entail being willing to not eat the things maybe that required us to go to the gym in the first place. And all of these things begin to compound in our head. And, and I think with some of the things that you and I have been talking about, Brother Gabe, there, there are times that, that we sometimes see church the same way. We don't want to have that same kind of a relationship because that kind of relationship is going to require change. It's going to require us to do the hard things. It's going to require, as the, Paul uses the word in the New Testament, the gunos, the, the where we get our word gym from. It's going to require sweat and perseverance to be able to do what we need to do. And the church, need, church needs to be the same way, that we have such a relationship that, you know, there are a lot of people who aren't in church, and, and I, I don't believe for one moment that everybody who is not in church is not a believer. I believe that there are some believers maybe who have been hurt or who struggle in one area or another. And if somebody would just come alongside them, hold their hand, put their arm around them and say, I'm here for you. Let's walk through this together. That's part of Galatians chapter 6, bearing one another's burdens. Yeah. I saw a video of uh, a regular gym member going to the gym on January 1, and he looks around and the place is packed. Nobody's using the equipment correctly. Uh, people are taking videos or selfies of themselves that they're at the gym, and he's like, oh, man. <laughs> but with that, we need help. You don't know how to use the equipment? You ask. Well, what's our equipment? The Bible. I mean, I could get lost in the Bible. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> what chapter do I go to? Do I start in the old? Do I go to the new? I mean, where are we supposed to go? And that's where having those relationships and having someone to help us in some type of discipleship or a mentoring program could guide us to help those who don't know or those new believers or those who are just getting familiar with the Bible, that we could go come alongside them and help them with that. In 2 Corinthians 8, 8, God talked about he knows our heart. And that is the most important thing here. It is our heart. Are we giving from our heart or are we getting giving because we know we're supposed to? God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need us, but he created us for relationships with us. He created us in his image for a purpose. And after you become a Christian, that purpose becomes 
insightful. But we have to do it because we want to. And our heart desires is to become closer with God. Several things I was just explaining, and then the topic came up of, of you know how to, how to be thankful, and and I, why, why don't you worry about these things and things like that? And, just, and it comes down to gratitude, and and and, and I, I explained to him, it's just I know that everything that I have is from God, and God can and any second take it away from me. It doesn't belong to me, and even my family, like my sons, my daughter. My wife, all that is a gift from God, and I can, at any time, God can take that away from me. Mm-hmm. And, and as, I, as we give to God, it's not because God, like you said, God doesn't need our money. It's just showing that simple gratitude that everything that I have belongs to God, and just giving a portion back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So giving provides the sincerity of your love for Jesus Christ giving develops an attitude of grace it takes no special talent or ability to give only grace giving is an investment in eternity rich, internal riches removing our focus from earthly riches which will eventually fade away giving shows that God is your priority And giving shows your dependence upon God to bless all of your substance, not just what you give to Him. Simply giving God your leftovers does not show your trust in Him. He doesn't want our leftovers. (laughs) He wants our first fruits. He wants the best of the best. But He wants us to want to give it. Because with that... He knows that we're all in. We want that relationship with him. To spend time with him. When we make God our priority by putting him in the center and putting him in everything that we do, he knows that we're we're ready. And he's going to challenge us. He's going to stretch us. We may have a walk that isn't going to be easy. We're going to have challenges. God never promised an easy ride. (laughs) And I know we've all gone through trials and tribulations and, and I know me and my wife have gone through so many through the years of, but I've always held on to God's love and God's faith. Because I know he is always there and always with me.
And that's all I have for today. So how, how do we... <clears throat> it's easy to talk for the game about... And I don't want to use the word wrong, but nebulous ideas in regards to this is what we have to do. How do you see this being implemented in a way that we can make that application to our lives? In other words, how would you see this taking place? For for example, if your kids were sitting in front of you, how would you encourage them to make God part of school? How would you teach a, a, a new person coming in and, and starting work for you? How, how would you teach them or what would you tell them in regards to making sure that God is first in, in the job? Well, I think first is is to lead by example. Um, if you're leading by example and you're showing how you put God in your life, then they will see it as well. And they and also, and you know, speaking with with new believers or with the youth, it's mostly sharing your examples of how you put God there and how he helped you overcome situations. We all have testimonies of what God has done in our lives. We have to share that. And we have to be able to be vulnerable and open ourselves up to help somebody else with what they're going through. This goes along with what you're saying. First uh, Peter 3 and verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you, mm-hmm. a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you said, by leading by example, they see in your life. And, yeah. uh, you know, be ready to, uh, to, to, uh, to help them with these Right issues that they're having and the questions that they have. To so be ready, to be ready. The way that I see it in the church is just like Christ did. Christ took twelve men, he discipled them, he taught them, and then they went out two by two and did the same. And I think that's what to me to have this type of of lifestyle to show the example is by having those um, relationships. Mm-hmm. I think there are different forms of evangelism. I've taught this a lot. Uh, you know, we can uh, literature, for instance, is a good form of evangelism. Given out literature, mm-hmm. uh, we can evangelize with our lips. Mm-hmm. We can evangelize with our lifestyle. Yeah. People watching us. If where we go, people are watching us. Oh yeah. And they're watching to see if we walk. Uh, if, we, if we walk the talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people watch us too much to where they're waiting for us to mess up. <laughs> yes. And, and I think what I meant here really was if somebody came up, let's say Brother Corey, Brother Corey, I appreciate the questions that you ask um, on a regular basis. But if somebody comes up, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, 
where do we give? Well, it's e it would be easy to stand and say, well, give 10%. Well, what is 10%? Is that off the gross? Is off the net? Is it actually 10%? No, give as, as the Lord prospers you. If, if you start, start somewhere. So if we take a new believer who has never given to the church, and that's an area that God is working on their heart, and they come up and they say, hey, you know, how do I give? Where should I start? Well, what... What do you believe would be honoring to God and something that, that you can afford, that you can trust Him with that amount? Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing, whether it's in our jobs or in, in school or whatever, not everybody's going to have the same issue. Some people may handle work very well or they may work by themselves. Right. Uh, so they may come up and they may have a relationship issue with one of their children or with their spouse or whatever. Begin where that person is. And the area that they're working on is, is recognize that that is not going to be the same area that you're working on. Mm -hmm. Because we all grow at different levels. Yes. And as we read the scripture, we should be continually reading the scripture over and over. Because as we go through different areas of our lives, the scripture will mean different things for us. And God will show us different things. <laughs> for that, you can't give them meat and potatoes. They wouldn't be able to. It would be too much. Crawl, crawl, walk, run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know my uh, truck driving buddy of mine, and I think I mentioned this before, uh, Kent, and he's going through some things, and we, we talk. And, and uh, you know, I think also leading by example is. Also, just your aura, um, you know, the changes that people see. Um, and I've mentioned before, you wouldn't recognize me a year ago. Not, not physically, but mentally and, you know, a lot of anger. Um, and Ken saw my changes, and now he's inquiring about God.
mm-hmm. mentally, physically, you name it. They have personal problems. And I think I, I can do a better job on maybe inspiring um, or getting the info out there. And uh, uh, I hope to do that. So I think I, I, I can do a better job. Well, it's like, you know, John Paul was talking about giving out tracks and different materials for people. Um, he also mentioned about being ready to answer. Having that willingness to be there for someone means a lot. Yeah. Also, in all behavior change, that's all the stated has a system. And be regular with that. Just like eating, brushing your teeth. So, having a buddy, at least one buddy, that you communicate with during the week, however many minutes, is invaluable. I'm trying to do that now. Set up. I have a buddy. <laughs> I just have to get the time. <laughs> well, that's why Jesus. And that's going to, that's two humans supporting each other and, yeah. you know, having a relationship with God. It's going to work a heck, of, a heck of a lot better. Setting finding that person who is at your level or higher and then establishing a day most of the time. A day and a time and you can get a lot done that way. Otherwise it's going to be put off. Well and Jesus sent them Jesus sent out the apostles two by two and sent them out by themselves. You know, you want to have that accountability Accountability. person to be with you to keep you on the right track. Um, and then Paul, he mentored so many young men. You know. It's like that analogy of the gym. Who wants to go to the gym by themselves? Yeah. Or go work out by themselves. Or when you're learning the trade, you know, you learn <laughs> off of other people. Um, it's like I'm in sales, you know. I, it, we're, we're constantly growing and learning from other people. You always, you know, oh, I like that. Right. I think I think uh, along with the terminology, also I think you, you can relate as far as what what the outside world is. Narcissism, all about self. Like going to the gym. Um, I haven't been in two months, and I got to stay committed, but. Uh, it's a winter thing. I take a break and go back. But going back is really, really hard to do. And why? It's because of those people that are in the gyms constantly doing this or doing this in the in the mirror and you know looking down at you. I think that that's the same thing. If if you go like we we're talking about cutting cutting uh, God out from every little facet. Uh, like like uh, the example of Bill Nye, and it's the people that are supposed to be, I guess, inspirational in certain ways that are cut out God themselves, and then they inspire people to cut out God. So you got this, uh, you know, this me 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 mentality. Um, so you, yeah, you can fully relate to, to both the gym and, and that. And with social media, you know, it's yeah. it's it's really there. But in Matthew. Um, he talks about when we pray to go in the closet and pray. Um, when we fast, that we are to 
fast and not let others know that we're fasting. You know, it's supposed to be between you and God, not for you to showcase to the world. Yes? I hate to burst your bubble, Brother Sam. But in all the years that I've gone to cemeteries and I worked as a funeral director, I've never seen one tombstone that said, Beloved Mattress Salesman. (laughs) (laughs) I I have seen it. You won't see it on mine, though. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I have seen, though? Is Beloved Dad. Beloved Brother. Mm -hmm. Beloved Dad. These are the things that are what make you, because long after you sell your last mattress, the one thing that the one thing that your kids will remember is not how good a salesman you were, but whether you were the kind of dad that God wanted you to be. That's what's most important. That's just the tool that God gave us to provide for our family. It's so much deeper. Yeah. All right. All right. Dear Lord, I thank you for this time that we have together today. Um, thank you for your word. Um, thank you for those that uh, came here tonight. Lord, just guide us and be with us throughout this week. Help us to put you at the center of our lives. Help us to put you in every part of our life. Um, if we seek help I pray that we reach out to get help I pray that um, that we will be a church where we are mentoring and discipling and each other helping each other growing together and just advancing God's kingdom so Lord just be with us throughout this week I pray that um, we are safe tomorrow as we're supposed to get uh, snow all day. Um, That we stay warm and be safe. So Lord, just be with us. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So.